When you first made it to the WNBA, who's the first person to bust your ass? I, I don't know that there's a list for that, sir. <laughs> to be real honest, though, um, I don't feel like it was one individual person. I feel like I really wasn't ready. I didn't even understand what the WBA was going to be. I had signed a modeling contract. I was living in New York trying to you know, do my fashion thing. And they said the WNBA was going to start. They assigned me to LA, contrary to what people believe that I was drafted at some certain number. I was assigned to LA and I just told him, yeah, when I come back to LA, I'll play, no problem. But I was thinking it was going to be more like a summer league with reversible jerseys, you know, kind of in a bubble situation. So since it was not in the gym getting ready at all. So to be really honest, I wasn't ready the first season. And it really took me about two seasons to understand what it meant to be a professional player playing in the summer, right? Because we are, yeah. I'm used to playing like everybody else. You know, we play during the winter. The summer yeah. is like, we off, oh, man, I'm not trying to yeah. be in the gym. And so it yeah. took me a while to really reverse. I never looked at it like that. I never thought about it like that. That's absolutely the complete reverse of what we used yeah, to. Yeah, and that yeah. was our first year. So it was like, we're going to play ball in the summer, but wait, y'all bringing cameras? Hold on, <laughs> anybody tell me. <laughs> <laughs> about to be like on, you know what I mean? So, so I, I really wasn't ready. I mean, I was decent. I was, you know, I was blocking shots. I was scoring and stuff, but I wasn't like locked in, ready to go, prepared to just lead my team to a championship. Like all of that, it really took me a while to give up some of my freedom to really prepare and uh, yeah, and be ready for the summer, like to really be ready. You came out the runway. You was out there getting your model on, yeah. chilling. Trying to be slim, And slim. showed up like, oh, yeah, like, oh, you about to go hoop. Okay, like, you showed up like, wait. Yeah, I was skipping meals. I was trying to be thin. I was like, it was pushing me around. I'm like, one thing, I'm still, you know, I'm from Compton now. We ain't gonna be pushing me around. <laughs> Yo, 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 we live on location. Me and the blackest one is still here chilling at home in Orlando. And this time we got a special Hall of Fame edition, y'all. This one is big, oh. big, big, near and dear to us. You know, we came fresh in the Legend. league, right in the shadow, right in the shadow, running up behind there in LA, seeing the win championships and do greatness. We got Lisa Leslie, LA's on, y'all. We appreciate you. I'm so excited to be here, guys. L.A., y'all was just pups right there in, on the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. But I had season tickets. Young babes <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. And she had season tickets. Yes. Brought to you by Thigh Stop. One of the things I loved about you is your demeanor on the court, like how you go from uh, every time I see you outside the court, you always have a smile on your face. You're always happy. But when I see you play, that whole <laughs> smile and that whole everything change, eyebrows get to going yeah. in and it's it's like <laughs> it's, nice. it's on. Where, uh, where did you get that from? to change from being such a nice person off the court to it's about me and my teammates and winning? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think for me, 
I've always been competitive. So even whether when I was like seven, eight, you know, playing backgammon was like one of the first games that I was playing with my mom. And I was like, mom, OK, this time, don't let me beat you. Like, don't like play for real. You know, <laughs> shout out to backgammon. I used to play that with yeah, my mom. Well, I, I swear I'm to goodness. Yes. I want to play, play chess. Yeah. Uno. Uno. I mean, I still be my kids now. Like, y'all don't want to see me. Why you don't you invited me over to the table because y'all can be mad. You know, I'm dominoes. I play poker like spades yeah. everything tonk it don't matter <laughs> i'm trying to win and so that i think i was competitive even before i ever played basketball and i think it's those two things that come together that desire and, and to want to win is very cliche because you know you're like i want to win more than i, I want to lose you know you hear that but i'm really that way like i love winning it's competitive i'm going to take the fun out of it you know even in taboo <laughs> yeah. in the game my family is like all right here we go <laughs> I'm like, stack your team. Be ready. Like, don't ask me to <laughs> yeah. play if you're not trying to, you know, win. So that's a part of my personality. And I think that off the court and when we're not playing games, you know, I'm L.A. I'm cool. Like, I'm not tripping whether we we in the hood or we in Beverly Hills or we can go high or low. It <laughs> yeah. You know, like I fit in anywhere. I love people naturally. You know, I'm going to treat the janitor and the president the same. And I respect yeah, those yeah. people and those jobs. And. You know, I'm just thankful. I'm grateful. I'm blessed. I'm a believer. So it's only so far I'm going to go in terms of what I'm willing to do to sacrifice my relationship with the Lord. Mm. So, um, you know, I always keep that <laughs> at the forefront, too. But in in the game of basketball, you know, all bets is off. I'm just mean. I'm different. She different. She she crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I used to call it my Wonder Woman effect because I feel yeah. like I love being dressed up, you know, lipstick, you know, being a little little fly, whatever I feel my mood is, that's where I'm going. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not trying to fit in with all the other women. Yeah. I respect who I am and I respect who you are. You know, I show up. I want lipstick. I want to be glam. Let me do, do me because that's who I am and I respect however you do you. But when the ball roll out, you know, it's like I used to tell myself, listen, she got to put her shoe on one shoe at a time, just like me. And it's equal opportunity to mm -hmm. that ball. So I mean, one ball and I'm going to go get it. Yeah, I, I just used to love it out of you because, you know, they try to make that thing of like, oh, all girls got to got to smile or they can't holler after they get an and one or they got to, mm -hmm. you know, when you playing ball, you just got to play ball the way you supposed to play ball. So for you to just. Be out there like, no, nah, I'm out here rugging. I'm in the paint. Yeah. I'm bodying. We born and we boxing out every play. Hey, like, I got to be mean out here. Elbows and, and You know what I'm saying? You used to show that and show that off the court, too, that I still can smile and have a good time. But when I'm on her at work, it's about business. Yeah, I give a lot of credit to um, Magic, too. I got a chance to play so much. And, I mean, you guys know being in L.A., playing at UCLA, playing – with all the NBA guys and, you know, just wait my turn and get out there and, you know, make it do what it do. And it's just, you know, hey, I'm the two guard playing with the men. You know what I mean? At 6'5", right. I'm not in the paint with Shaq. He was down there. I'm like, right. dude, I'm at the two. I'm coming off screens. Magic is like, <laughs> come on around. You know what I mean? And um, I really appreciate all the men who support women who gave us, gave me, you know, opportunities to be out there because, I think it was those experiences playing against men that had me just so disrespectful with the women, I think, in a way right. that, you know, for my game, like it's unapologetic because playing against men, I always knew. I mean, men are, are strong. Thank God they ain't really bust me all up. I've been busted up a few times, <laughs> but, you know, once once the female scoring, you know, the game is to 11. I got seven points. 
you know, people switching, DM me up, you know, uh, <laughs> and I've been knocked down, you know, several times really hard. But I, I just think that having that opportunity to be out there with men made me just even more. It, it don't matter. We can play however you want to play. I think my rule is always like we're going to play how you want to play. You want, we can play clean or we can play dirty. Mm. You know. <laughs> How was that the first time that you got a chance to go up to UCLA and playing those games with Magic and them? Like, how was that when you, what were you thinking the first day you going there to get a chance to get this opportunity to play with those guys? To just be a fly on the wall, to be a good listener. And I think the biggest thing about being in a gym with all men, two things. One, I would think, I didn't want people to walk in and think it was all men. So, you know, my outfit, you know, I got my little shoes and my, you know, my shorts were short. I don't care. Like, I'm going to make it look right. So my <laughs> outfit was, you know, you know, I used to have my hair, my ponytail, my little ribbons. But I didn't say much at all because I feel like I'm in your space. Y'all should be allowed to talk trash, talk shit, do whatever, talk how you talk and not feel mm. like you got to be like, oh, at least my bad. You know, don't apologize to me. I'm here in your space. And so I never said much. I just played. I just played. I did whatever, you know, Magic told me to do, basically, because he would always put me on his team because, you know, kind of protecting me in ways that, of the way that he wanted me to play or coming off screens or whatever. You know, Chris Mullen out there, you had shooters. There were so many great guys out there that I didn't want them to treat me like a girl. And so with you that, one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to, you know, it's just like if I play pick up with y'all, I'm not going to be in there talking because I feel like this is your space and you're allowing me in it and you guys should be able to be men and talk the way you, you know, you know, y'all do. So, so the fact that you played on magic team lets me know that you won all the, all time. the time because <laughs> magic, magic was not going to lose the game. He was going to call fouls until he, that's right. And you know, by then he <laughs> can shoot threes too, so you don't get his little set shot three. You call it ball up, ball up. You know, so I know when you get a up. when you got a bucket, was Magic talking shit for you instead oh, of you talking? Always, shit? always. That's what we do. <laughs> I know he was. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I thank him so much. Just I always bring him up when people ask me about just having an opportunity to play with men because it really was, you know, whether we were at UCLA or back in the, at the Spectrum, y'all all all over. Yeah. You know, he allowed me to come in here and really get some runs and, and get better and just that level of confidence of whatever I did, whether shooting, driving, driving kick, you know, rebounds, crashing the boards, just everything that, you know, it takes to be a champion. I wanted to do in a pickup game, you know, to 11, but I didn't yeah. want it to be that I let anybody down just because I was out there. So I appreciated every moment of that. Morning side high school. City. Morningside High School, Inglewood, California. What made you choose Morningside out of all the schools in, in LA you could have chose to go and play? Yeah. Or like what why, why was Morningside was like the school for me to go to? You know, really, um, I chose Morningside at one day before school started. So the real backstory is that mm. we had lost our house in Compton. So I lived with my aunt for one year. Then I lived with my grandmother. So I had to move with my grandmother who lived in Inglewood like two days before them choosing which high school I was going to go to. So my uncle who played football went to Inglewood High and we went to the district to sort of get, you know, how you have to get papers and just kind of enroll because I'm new coming from another school. I was trying to enroll in Inglewood High. Shout out to Paul Pierce. But I did because the people at the district was like, oh, well, you want to go to Morningside High if you play basketball because they they didn't win state championship, but they won like CIF. 
Okay. So I'm like, they got oh. out the city or something. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. had won the. They hadn't gone to state, but they won CIF. So they had a good girls basketball team and a great coach who was became my high school coach, Frank Scott. Shout out, to Coach Scott. Shout out. And so it was really the better girls basketball team was at Morningside. And so the next day, literally, I'm like on campus. I was 6'4 as a ninth grader. So I'm just sitting there and all the girls team, girl players went and got the coach. Like, Coach Scott, there's this new girl who's like really tall. And he walks over and he had seen me play because I had played like AU and I I played on, um, what was it back then? Was it BCI? Y'all remember any of that type of stuff? So that's kind of like Blue Star and all of those different summer leagues. AU still Mm -hmm. exists to this day. So I have played like 12 and under, 14 and under. 16 and under right. and 18 and under. Like I was on every team. Mm-hmm. And so by the time, you know, I'm 14, I'm in the ninth grade. And he was like, Lisa, Leslie, yeah, I'm familiar with you. Mm-hmm. Would you like to play on our team? I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is pretty much history. We turned that school around, lost the championship my sophomore year, the state championship. I missed the shot. And then um, the next after two that, years, we won back-to-back chances. Total state domination. Team. Total domination after that. But you know what? The crazy thing is that missed shot is really the thing that I remember most. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's that thing that also gives you that character, you know, that decision when you decide, yeah. like, you either get back up, you know what I mean? You get back at it, or you never recover, you know? So, I recover. <laughs> you scored 100 points. In high school. Okay, you got to get that right, D, if you're going to say it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You scored 100 points and a half. 101 points and a half. Thank you, Q. Come, come through. 101 <laughs> points in one half. You scored so many. ridiculous. <laughs> it was 16 minutes, actually. Exactly. 16 minute game. How is that even possible? I went to a lot of women's games and I've seen a lot of domination, but I haven't seen like in the half. In the half. Like, how was that? You know, it's crazy at Morningside. So, again, I told you, I I started Morningside the day before (laughs) school started. They had some tradition at their school that the senior, her senior regular season would try to score as many points as possible. So I actually witnessed this, like the first senior score, like 49 points. And we would rebound it. And instead of me putting it back up, I just pass it back to the tour, right? You're getting that tour. So I don't even know why they had this tradition. I told you, I'm, I'm here I am, you know, day two. I'm an eager one. Like, this is what y'all doing? Okay. I join in, passing the ball. Senior has 49 points. The yeah. next year, the senior has 60 points, 59 points. And then my junior year, the senior had 60 points. So here it is. I'm the senior captain, right? And it's like the day before we get ready to go to playoffs, <laughs> they, they are like, I got to make more than 60 points so i'm like 60 points man that's you know i'm I'm nervous and once the game started i was just locked in like a video game man i was just on fire from everywhere they was get, and they was that's getting what it, it was like, <laughs> time yeah. out time out they like they really forfeited and you could because you could have probably had another hundred in the time right. had, but they forfeited at half yep, time. They, they forfeited and the score the real score was <laughs> 102 to 24. That was the halftime score. Wow. <laughs> and I scored 101 points, which was crazy because when I looked at the board, I'm like, what's wrong with the clock? Because I've never <laughs> seen, you know what I mean, like 101 on the board. So I was like, what is 01 to, to 24? What does that mean? Like, oh, it's right. 102. And I'm like, 
Oh, 102? Like, yeah, you got 100 so, of my points. Like, so, I didn't even know. That's how crazy it was. I was just locked in, man. Like, were you like shooting threes? No like, threes. And, like, not one three no pointer. Didn't even have, oh, I did not shoot so wait one three pointer. That's why Will Chamberlain. Like so hold on, hold on, the three point line existed. I ain't that old, but I just didn't shoot a three. <laughs> no, I'm just saying in the point that no threes yeah. and you got. I'm thinking about it yeah. though. The little bless the little scorekeeper's heart. <laughs> you know this old school. They doing the little junk. The, the little you know the scorekeeper got like the, yeah, the little book making mark. No, nah, that's how was the crowd in there? How was the like the oh, fans? Oh, it was crazy. They had to be every bucket. It's like oh, oh, like when you get the 20, 30, they 40, was exhausted 50, 60, after the game. Or something. The, and it wasn't packed. Head, like it wasn't bro. full because it was a regular season. Like it was a basic game. I don't know. Was, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say the team, but you know what I mean. Like it wasn't like one of our packed houses. Nighttime. He was out there like Wilt just laying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the record books crazy. right there. Yeah. So it's crazy. So what happened was I was supposed to be trying to break. At some point, they told me at halftime to break Cheryl Miller's record, which was 105, right, in a full high school game. Uh, and they, and they forfeited. Uh, come so on, now I got, But man. I got a new record because it's in, like, the Guinness Books World Record or something, 101 points and a half of a game. That's You're still in the books. Yeah. Don't worry about it. That's crazy. Maybe I should have, could it have been anybody else but USC? Could anybody else almost get you? Oh, you yeah. Like, man, I'm finna go. I'm finna go here. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I really... My my final choice. Well, I'm I'm low key nerd, by the way. So let me just let that out. I really wanted to go to Stanford. Stanford was. I was just about to say, uh, Stanford. Yeah, that huh? was my first choice. And SC. What really came down to is I fell in love with the coach at SC. So my coach, my coach is Marianne Stanley, Barbara Thaxon. Shout out to both my coaches. Yeah. Um, you know how it is. The relationships. The relationships are so important. And my relationship with those coaches just were stronger. I was in LA. And, you know, my mom, my family's in L.A. So I'm like, well, they can come right up the street, come watch me play ball. It makes sense. But in my heart, you know, I low-key was really, Stanford was just kind of the thing I, I really wanted to do. So USC, like the history, Cheryl Miller, yeah, how dominant she was, and Cynthia Cooper. Yeah. You know what I'm we saying? We got all like, the stars. <laughs> all the ballers. The McGee <laughs> twins. You know, yeah, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Yeah. Look, look. Um, and a few a few more sprinkled in there. USC, you there, and uh, your first year, you win freshman of the year. Was that the year you felt like you was good enough to play on that level? Like, uh, you know, the level go higher as you, mm-hmm. you know, go through the school that's not the girls that you play in high school no more. Now it's, you know, girls that's better. How was it for you when you first got to college and, you you know, you're seeing the level? Did it take you a minute to adjust, but once you got a rhythm, you got to going or you no, straight through the gate? No, to be real honest, I, yeah, my first game I had 20 points and 10 rebounds um, in college. But um, oh yeah, she jumped right off the porch. She jumped yeah. right off the stoop, ready. Yeah, but what about saved that action, me? Boss. Really, reason why I think I had so much success early in college is because I played for Team USA. I made my first USA team as an 11th grader. Mm-hmm. So that experience, I went to Spain, you know, with no family. It's the first time I'm like, right. I want to say the first time I'm on a plane. You know what I mean? Right. Going to Colorado Springs for tryouts. Like, yeah, yeah. The moment you get an opportunity, you know, God just really blessed me to. to basketball has helped me to travel the world, to be amongst amazing people, you know, and once you get that opportunity to get out of your city, out of your state, that's what opened the doors. I'm like, wait a minute. So what's happening? People playing ball around the world. You know, we didn't have social media to really 
have that grasp mm-hmm. and understanding. And mm-hmm. I'm an inner city kid. So we don't have, I'm not surrounded by highly educated, you know, other people. You know what I'm saying? We were really mm-hmm. in our little bubble. My grandma at, at that time, I think, was the only person who was really, she had gone to college and my grandmother was a, a nurse, right? So she worked mm-hmm. in the ER. She really was the most educated of my whole family. You know, my aunts included a few of my uncles who were accountants, that kind of that helped save me from a money standpoint. But otherwise, we're just all hard workers, you know, getting after it. And I think in hindsight, when you look back, that opportunity to travel and be from the inner city and just see both worlds, it's kind of makes that's what makes us hungry. Right. You get that chance. You know, Q, I heard you telling a story about about Jordan on one of your shows. You know, the first time you met Jordan in your neighborhood, yeah. like that, that. Yeah, on the next. Yeah, block. that that moment is like that's that aha moment. You know, that Oprah talks mm-hmm. about where you like, dang, like I could do it too. Like I could really make it. You know, uh, so I had little moments like that. The USA team actually came to Inglewood at Inglewood High, the USA women's team, and practiced. Why did they come to Inglewood? I don't know. Why did they <laughs> practice at the gym up the street? But me. I was in that gym every morning watching them like, if they need a sub, I can go. You know, (laughs) like I thought I could play with them. And that was me as a, I think, a sophomore in high school. But it Mm. also planted that seed like I want to play on the USA team, you know? Yeah. There's another level. So that, that was just a blessing that having the USA team come, having the opportunity to make my first USA team in the 11th grade. Now I'm out the country. I see women are... These chicks are, I'm in Spain. Like, what am I doing yeah. in Spain? But that <laughs> moment is like, oh, okay, yeah, we about to eat. This is about eating and survival and how I'm going to make it is I got to improve my game because I got to get to college, you know, and beyond college, yeah. USA. Speaking of uh, the USA team, I always feel like the the women's team be like the dream team <laughs> every single year. because They be having everybody that, that you pose to get every single year and yeah. then just the, the, the other teams, that, man, Teresa Weatherspoon, Don Staley, you, you know, Yolanda Teresa Griffin, Edwards, like, you mean. Teresa Edwards, yes. I mean. Yep. Yes. Exactly. That Teresa the, Edwards. And like, the ghosts. Like, yeah. Yeah, the ghosts. Like, when them USA teams and you played on them, how was that for you to, you know, to share that with the women that you see that's, that's making the name and, and pushing women's basketball and every year y'all coming here and y'all doing y'all thing, winning these gold medals and you get to play on the highest level possible. Yeah. It, with the best of the best. You know what, there is, it really was amazing. And it's unfortunate that our country doesn't really like, didn't pay attention and didn't really mm-hmm. honor what all of those women, even before me had been able to do my era. We got some notoriety thanks to the mm-hmm. WNBA. So I'm on steroids now because you have social media. We had, you know, with the social injustice, that was also mm-hmm. a big spotlight for the WNBA. So we're making it. And I'm so happy that these young women are getting this opportunity to use this platform. But in some ways, it's a little sad that we miss so many great women like you named with Teresa Edwards and Katrina McClain. Those two women were phenomenal. And Teresa Edwards actually was a youngest Olympian in 94. She was like a baby. And then she finished with us coming in in 96. I was the baby, the youngest, you know, one of the youngest players there. But having them as veterans, I've always been um, a very good learner, listener. I don't have a problem following directions as long as you're leading in the right direction. So I think our personalities all work because 
they were the leaders and we were very respectful of them. You know, not like you got to respect your elders. I mean, we balled out. We, we black right. shot. We played. Yeah. But I respect it. You know, it's like when you go, you guys have veterans that take you under their wing and it's just you know that they really have your best interests at heart. And so those women as black women who didn't get a lot of love from everybody else, we showed them a lot of love and respect and they deserve it. I mean, Katrina McClain was a beast. I mean, her ability to, to rebound and put back and score was, I mean, she was probably the toughest player I ever had to play against. And I was lucky enough to be young enough to go up against her pretty much every practice. So, I mean, I'm getting better just because I'm like, damn, she can jump. You know, she can really block my shot because I'm six five and she's six two, but she got hops. Her rebounding mm-hmm. was nasty. Like she just, you think you see a ball and then her hand just reach over and, and just snatch it. You know, I was <laughs> like, oh hell no. So I gotta box her out first because she really, you know what I mean? Like she was a player who brought the best out of me because she was so skilled and in a way that enough players don't know her name, but she got an award named after her. Like there's five position awards for the women with Ann Myers, Nancy Lieberman, Cheryl Miller, Katrina McClain is the forward award. And then the Lisa Leslie is for the best center. These are all college awards for the women. So on the women's side, the women recognize how amazing they were, but it is unfortunate that our country just did not pay as much attention to women's basketball at a time where you had some really amazing women who played before us. That's one of the things we wanted to do with our platform. Like we really wanted to put a big spotlight on women's basketball because I've been watching women's basketball since I was in junior high school. I always watched the girls team. And even when I got to the pros and that city had a team, I always used to go to the games and be around because I always just was a fan of it. It's all the same hoop. uh, You're right about that. The country do need to recognize and definitely the, NBA players need to help out too and show a little bit more love yeah. and appreciate. But that's the reason it was uh, important for us to have Hall of Famers and legends like you on our show and to, <laughs> to represent and show them how dope and how cold y'all all are. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's so sweetie. I really appreciate that too. No, nah, absolutely. And I mean, that's one of the things I love about USA basketball because yeah. I was a kid that got a chance to do that. At 17, mm-hmm. too, yeah. under 17, when we went over to, uh, we went to Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic, nice. and we won gold. Jim Beheim was a coach. Rob Evans was assistant coach. That was, like you said, that was my first time going out of the country and needing to get a passport yeah. and going to Colorado Springs for the trials. And it was like, it's dope to hear you tell that story and know that you was in the same Colorado Man. Springs facilities mm-hmm. working out was, and, and going, like, trying to make <laughs> the team. Like, I, I love the way that yeah. connectivity works yeah. with the whole, with the whole everything with USA basketball, because mm-hmm. and they do a great job, man. Like you said, for a young kid to go, uh, you know, out of the country at that age and get to see the things you get to see, it's like that. It was, a, it was an unbelievable experience. And I remember, you know, you'd be gone for like a month. You got to go to go to yeah, training and you do all that stuff, and then you finally go, and it was like. I had never been away from home that yeah. long. Yeah. And like you said, out on your own, handling stuff and doing stuff and being responsible, it was a super cool experience. Yeah. Shout out USA yeah, I went, basketball. I went to Russia in mine. Oh, there <laughs> when you I go. Was you went I went to Russia, to Russia. first? Dang. And I went, my mom was like, no, I'm not sending my child to no Russia. <laughs> like, like, hell no, I ain't sending my child to no Russia. My grandma was like, 
No, nah, you got you gotta let them experience yeah. it. Yeah. Nobody around here talking about they going to rush yeah. except for your child. So That's let them experience it. it. And I'm glad my grandmama let me go. Yeah. Rest in peace, my grandmama. No, oh, rest looking. in peace. Amen. Yeah, that's that's it. Just that opportunity. And you know, we look back and you you don't know how um how big it is. And even though, you know, you know, the trip, it ain't always great. We don't always love the food. You know, it's a lot of different yeah. things. But just that that little experience of like, dang, the world is bigger than my hood and where I'm from and what everybody's talking about. And, you know, we just keep working hard at this game. And this will give us so many opportunities where we can open up doors for more people in our community. So I'm just thankful that we, uh, you know, hey, picked up that ball. It's a lot of hard work. You said that I remember when I was over there for like two and a half weeks. We ate McDonald's every, every day. single day. When I when I got back home, my mom was like, "You want me to stop at McDonald's?" I was like, "I don't want to see a golden arch. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to see a golden arch or a Fanta soda." Exactly. <laughs> now that's the one thing I say. The Americans we have bad is that we go and we just do American stuff. It's like I lived in Italy for a little while when I played ball over there, and I had. You know what I did? I started to buy the books and I started to teach myself Italian and listening to back then, you know, I was like, this is, what is it, the DVDs and things like that. Uh-huh. Right. Trying to teach myself so I could like speak to my teammates and, you know, learn the culture, learn to order food when you go out to eat. And then a lot of times the Americans would just watch, well, then VCR watching Martin all day. You know, you just stay in the room <laughs> watching movies, watching Martin. And I'm like, yo, yo, we got to, you got to try to learn, immerse yourself into these different cultures so we can learn from them. So I just, I would definitely give advice to anybody who has the opportunity to, to go abroad, even if you get to play ball, to don't just go and just be so locked into the internet, watch your movies at night. But, you know what I mean? Try to learn the language, you learn about the food. That was something that I, I really, really enjoyed. I also played in Russia too, which was Bananas. How were those stops for you playing both of those countries? How was that planning, you know, overseas in general? How was that experience? Man, for you? it was tough. I think when I played in Italy, I was fresh out of college. I was, that was like my, what was that? My first thing, that was my first engagement. So I was engaged. That ain't work out. But, um, <laughs> you know, because you overseas, <laughs> he still had another year play ball. It didn't work yeah. out, but it was a good it was a good experience. I loved learning Italian. It was a love in basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you already know. <laughs> <laughs> love ain't work out, but yeah. the basketball is. <laughs> um, but it was exactly love and basketball. So you know the story is exact, pretty much close. You know, it was cool though. I'm glad that I went. I'm glad I learned another language. I'm glad I had a chance to meet some amazing people. Russia was a little bit different because by then when I went to Russia, I only went overseas two times for myself personally to play. And the second time I went, I was married by then, but no kids. And so we had a good time. Russia was tough though, man. You know, all I learned was the alphabets and privyat and kakbela and that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How was the food in Italy though? I heard the food is amazing amazing over there. Oh, have you not been? Q, you got to go take the family to Italy when the world gets back to normal. Italy is amazing. I love the food. Um, I like Italian food. I do like Italian food, but that's authentic Italian, Italian food. food. You're yeah, not gonna eat right. Italian food when you come back here unless somebody unless somebody make like spaghetti at home. Make it for scratch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Italian is is amazing. The people are really nice. I enjoyed the South. I was in Rome and I was in uh, Sicily. I'm sorry, I was in Sicily. 
and in Rome. So I love the South. The South is pretty much like um, very hospitable. They take their siestas, great food. Russia was a little bit more difficult. Uh, <laughs> we did eat McDonald's <laughs> quite a bit. And then I cooked. I cooked a lot. So let me ask you this. What was the plan before, after college that you was thinking about before, before they even said it was going to be a WNBA? Was it always to be like, I'm going to go overseas and continue to hoop? Or it was like, I'm going to figure out a, a job? Yeah. Because I know a lot of women, you know, back then, like, it wasn't no WNBA. It mm -hmm. wasn't no after college. Right. Like, so what was your plan? Or what you was thinking about? What you was majoring to be a doctor, yeah. Dr. Leslie? No, God, no. Like <laughs> so my undergrad is in communications. My master's is in business. I was mm -hmm. always planning nice. on going into um, broadcasting. So okay. I got a chance to do that pretty early, working for ESPN. Um, you know, I've done so many different things now, ESPN, CBS, uh, Sports Network for TNT. Um, being in front of the camera was kind of the thing that I felt most comfortable doing since I was in high school. After I scored the 101 points, I had so many interviews and just right. that was kind of like, oh, yeah, OK, cool. I could do this. You know, I was comfortable in yeah. front of the camera. Then um, the only reason why I went overseas was once I realized there was going to be a USA team that I wanted to make the Olympic team. I actually got cut from my first Olympic team. Never really tell that story, but I did get cut. I actually tried out in 1992. Yeah, I was in high school. Well, no, I wasn't. Wait, hold on. I got my years mixed up. I wasn't in high school. I was in college, and I was one of the last players cut. It was really sad. But they won the bronze medal, so. <laughs> Just saying, they left their girl at home. They would have did better. Sometimes you need that young player to just fearless, though. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't really, I wasn't, I hadn't studied the game enough to really know who I should be afraid of or not, or like, you know what I mean? Who the veterans right. were. I'm just trying to block mm -hmm. everything. Like, I was just out there. And I yeah. think that's how I made it that far because I had done some really good things against players that really had, like, were household names in college. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know who they are. Whatever. She picked up the ball. She tied her <laughs> shoe like I did. Let's roll, you know? <laughs> right, right. Thinking back to 96, how impactful do you think that you guys' Olympic team was on the start of the WNBA? Do you think that was a, a huge, like, launch pad for the WNBA, all of you guys being in that big stage with the Olympics? Yeah, that was the reason why the WNBA began. So what happened was in 1995, they put together – our women's team to play. We traveled the world. We traveled and played in Russia. We played in Poland. We played in Ukraine. We played in Cuba. We played in Australia. I mean, you name it, we went. We had on, <laughs> I always say, I got one pair of sweats that'll stand up in the corner by themselves. That's how long we had on those USA <laughs> basketball sweats, like a whole year. You know, I'm not a sweats girl. So I was just like, this is a move. I ain't signed up to be... <laughs> We just traveled the world and played everybody. So our team went 52 and 0 before the Olympics. The Olympics was only eight games. Okay. So it's 52 and 0. We traveled everywhere. But what happened was we started our tour, our playing against all the colleges. And that's where they started, the, their minds started to think. We did a college tour playing about, I want to say we played maybe 15 colleges and beat all of them by like maybe 50. Right. Maybe there's only one team we didn't beat by 50. We beat them so bad. And all these fans were there cheering and getting our autographs and all this stuff where they saw, wait a minute, there is another level beyond college. And they hadn't really paid attention 
until you could see that we were like a well-oiled machine. I mean, we were like friggin' San Antonio playing against, right. you know what I mean? Like it was just bounce pass. I mean, we, we looked like the Globetrotters out there playing against these right. college teams, but it was just really where you could see like, damn, there is another level. And that level, that gap is really far. Like it's tough for many, these new recruits that come into the draftees that come into the WNBA, like they had a crazy statistic, like only maybe like 10 of them can even make it because the level jumps so far that it's tough for these young girls coming from college to really prosper in the WNBA, especially in their first year. Like it's unheard of. Candace is, you know, an exception to the rule. You know, the few players who've been able to do it. So for us, right. it was kind of like, they saw that gap happen and they started, the wheels started turning for the money makers early. And that's why the WBA right. got launched because of the success of the 96 Olympic team. How was it to play with with Tina Thompson? Y'all got to play one year together, yes, right? Yes, we played uh, one year. Well, we played a few years together. We played one year together in, in college at a USC. Right, in college. Because she went yeah. to Morningside also. We uh, we played great together. I mean, our high-low was sick. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we was, oh, we was one no. game away from the Final Four my, her freshman year. So that was my senior yeah. year. We mm-hmm. lost in the Elite Eight. But we're going to blame that one on Cheryl Miller because that was her first year of coaching. And she, to this day, admits she didn't know what the hell she was doing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was that went up in flames. But we we did really well. We played great together. Obviously, Tina, Tina can shoot the three from anywhere. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, me inside, I'm giving it to you. We can switch it up. If, the, you know, if they double teaming me, put Tina down there, I can shoot three. I get it inside. So our inside out was like bananas. Oh, yeah. And then we played together on... I think one or two Olympic teams, it all runs together for me now, but she, she got a few gold medals, mm-hmm. one, at least one or two gold medals, I believe she has also. Tell us the process of when you found out that you was going to be a L.A. spark, that you was going to be part of the women's team for your hometown, Yeah, and they started all this up. I was in New York when they said they were going to start the WBA, and um, I, w- I just remember being assigned to L.A., which I was like, oh, that's cool. Now, when I heard that Dr. Buss was involved, I was like, oh, sh- I ain't ready. <laughs> you like, <laughs> I ain't ready. No, you, you know, he, he about championships. Yes. <laughs> you mean, because they, I didn't really get the concept of the WBA so, yeah. fully. But when, when I got back to L.A. and then we went to the forum, that's where it really hit me. I'm like, we, we, we practicing in the forum? Like, my locker room is where Kareem's locker is? Oh, yeah. I ain't got enough time. How much time? I ain't got enough time. I ain't gonna be ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I really wasn't. I mean, I tell that story all the time because I know what preparation is and hard work yeah. and being in a weight room. Like I have to stay mm-hmm. in the weight room because even though I'm six five, I'm very thin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so to be able to bang and do what I need to do down low, I gotta hold. I need an extra 10, 15 just to start the season. Yeah. Because we run so much, you know, you thin, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So sometimes you got to be bulked up. He used to be. Yeah. He, you, he don't know that little thing. Please, he don't know that thin, you know, that thin, right, thin chocolate skin out there, you know, <laughs> just doing our thing. You know, he was a little muscle man, right. little muscle head. You know, hey, he was a little hey, muscle hey, head. Right, he still in the weight room? Yeah, he a little muscle head. Hey, he used to be. All right, keep it tight. Yeah, you know, he got a little man weight to him now. Even my son. Yeah. Finally, growed on up on us. He even growed on up. You know, that's my oldest son, right? Yeah, I, I like, I like my way. I like my way. Yeah, yeah. I ain't never really had it for a long time, yeah. so I, I like my way. What you like? About two forty. Oh, two forty. No, 
Whole career they were trying to make him get some weight on him, boy. That boy, look, look at him. Look like a You know man. what happened though? When you get close to 40, then you're gonna have to start pulling back. I'm telling y'all, 40 is oh yeah. I'm 40 this year. I'm 41. I'm 41. I turned 40 this year and I told him. Yeah, now you gotta start. Now you gotta really focus on you gotta get back in that weight room, four sets of 20. OG. Yeah, OG. Tell us the atmosphere it was to play the first WNBA game against the Liberty. Oh man. How was that? I remember watching that on TV and stuff. Like, like how was the atmosphere and everybody in there? How was that for you? That was the amazing. Beater and being that game. It was yeah, live. That was amazing. All I can tell you, I was wishing in the back of my head, why the hell am I not ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like they out here ready they to go. Ready. Like they I was mean, gone. I, Nobody, you know what I'm saying? When you're the first, you kind of didn't get it. Until, and this mm-hmm. is what happened. I'm going to tell you why the comments was able to do so great. They got a chance to watch that game, those fans, and see it in a snapshot like, oh, sh- this is for real. Like, you know what it's I mean? It's real. Every this is real. Because see, like, it was for real. And you had to come with your A game every night. Our team was a young team. I had some really young players that were had to be developed. You know what I mean? We had yeah. a young team. And... Myself and Penny Toller, I think, were the only Penny two. Toller. You know, it, it was just a young team, but we we got it together. We figured it out. To win a championship is not, you know, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. It takes chemistry. It takes time. You got to have belief in one another. And, um, you know, it's not done. No one individual can do it by themselves. And it took us time to build that team and to mold us into what it means to be a champion. It really did. After no, I think it was like four years. After no four years of you saying, you know, you're going and uh, comments win them three, four in a row. Yeah, they was knocking us out too every time. Now you, you know, you kind of got the groove and you feel like in 2001, that's that year. You know, y'all lose four games. The team, the team feel yeah. more together. It's like y'all play for a while. Y'all kind of mesh together a little bit more. Y'all know y'all identity. Mm-hmm. Explain to us that season, that first season you win this championship for the Sparks and, and bring a championship home to LA. MVP. Back home to the crib. Yeah. Finals MVP. Man. Be part of the Lakers legacy. A whole lot of hardware. <laughs> well, you know what? The Staples Center, first off, but that's the first year that the Staples Center was open. So, you know, that's just like a lot of excitement. And when you got in, I mean, walking into the Staples Center, the form was like nostalgic, right? Because you know yeah. what already happened there, but we had never really created anything there. But the, mm. the, the Staples Center was like, this is where the mantra started. We do not lose at home. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. like this floor. It, it's disrespectful to be in this gym and this opportunity in this new arena and mm-hmm. lose on this hey. floor. And so that was probably the first piece of becoming a champion and understanding that we could just take care of home. It really puts you in a great position. And that probably would be for any team. But deciding we're not going to lose at home was everything. And then now you're on the road and when you're on the road, it's like, do the same thing. Just take the show on the road. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. it's actually less pressure on the road. We don't, don't be trying to do tickets and none get all that stuff done. You know, Michael Cooper comes in who has that Laker, you know, championship attitude. You know, he comes in and he's like, you know, Coop is like nice, and not nice at the same time. You know, he kind of such a much kind of person, right? So he don't really fool with everybody. But in a way that it works for basketball. Like, we don't really 
we ain't friends with nobody. You know, it's kind of like that Russell Westbrook, if you will, mm-hmm. kind of personality. And so for me, I'm like, cool, because I ain't trying to be friends with nobody either. Not what we basketball. <laughs> you know, so it works for us because we are hard workers. I don't like days off. So my team, you know, as a captain, Coop is like, y'all want a day off? I'm like, nope. I don't like days off because when you take days off, coaches, then they start going nuts and running us. I'm like, just we could have just came in and got some shots up and been done with it. You know what I mean? Let's get some shots up and shoot some free throws. So he called my nickname, uh, you know, from Coop is Smooth. And so he calls me Smooth because, you know, like my game is smooth. You know, my style is smooth. (laughs) (laughs) I have to agree with him on that. I have to agree with him on that. You know what I'm saying? I have to agree with him on that. But, you know, uh, (laughs) 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 no, I'm just messing around. But the thing to me was like, he'd be like, Smooth, we want a day off. He'd just go by me. And I'm like, no, we we don't need a day off. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd have been mad at you as yeah. a teammate sometimes. When I got, hey, look, when I got older, I was I was about that life. But a young me would have been like, "Damn, she always tripping." Like, let's yeah. go. We ain't got no championships. We ain't got no rings. What we getting days off for? Like, people was beating our heads. I don't. You know, my thing is, listen, because it's condensed in the summer, right? The hardest sacrifice mm. is giving. You know, summer, summer. There's, I mean, L.A. You got the beach. You got the pool parties. You got, you know, uh, we got bowling and that. I never club. looked at it like this. Like, y'all was giving up Man, the whole you got to give it up. So I'm like, in order for these new players to really understand L.A., we don't get to enjoy L.A. like everybody else. And you got to make sacrifices if we really want to raise the trophy. Every year we don't win, y'all wasting my career. <laughs> and, you know, Kobe was like that. Like, it's just like... This is some bullshit. If we ain't winning, what are we doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we used to talk True about story. that all the time. Like, what do we do? It's it's a bust. That's it. I'm like, by the time we get to 2000, <laughs> 2001, 2002, 2003, we rolling. I know, like, uh, I thought, like, coming in when they started, like, you was going to come right out and be the best player. You know what I'm saying? The, this, the most dominant player in the league. You the best player. But then it didn't come into that championship year where I felt like you totally dominated the league and you showed that you was the best player in the league. You won MVP, you won finals MVP. How was that for you? How was satisfying that for you to feel like, man, I'm like, I dominated, I won the championship. I feel like I'm the best player in the world to lead my team to do this. And Sportswoman of the year. You know what I'm saying? Sportswoman of the yeah. year. And now all you did, you come back to back. You know, that's what real true champions. That's what I initially thought coming in. Like you say, I was slow coming in. Yeah, you know? I was. A lot of girls was ahead, and which is show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I understand it now hearing you talk about it. Like, yeah, because I was like, man, Lisa Leslie is so dominating. And then when you finally showed your domination, it was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's tough. And I'll tell you why it's really tough. Because everybody has to have the same level of commitment. Like, mm-hmm. we can look at the stats. It's not like my numbers are up and down mm-hmm. or my rebounds are up and down. Like, I'm mm-hmm. really, I was a really consistent player. I've always gotten better every year, you know, because I add stuff to my game. Because I'm a student of the game. You know, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. if I'm going left, I'm going right. If I got a hook shot going left, I need a hook shot going right. Up and under, mm-hmm. step through, whatever, step back, fade away. We can do the whole Kiki series. We can do face up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't matter. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? My game is what it is, but I need teammates. I'm an unselfish teammate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not really like the person who got to go out and just get 30, win or lose. Like, I got 30. That's not my thing. So I got to figure out how do I make these players around me better? 
you know what I mean, as teammates. And if their drive is not necessarily the same as mine, some people are, some people are not. Everybody's not willing to make the same. Everybody's not willing to make the same sacrifices. And that's true on every team. You know what I mean? Right. Another quote, you know, Kobe was saying, and, you know, obviously, you know, I love Kobe and, you know, for him not to be here, but just the thoughts of like, everybody's not willing to make the sacrifice to do what I'm willing to do. And that really is the case across the board. And how do you get each teammate to try to buy into that? Because you need everybody. You really do. And so part of that is not that I wasn't necessarily dominating because I was all-star and I made MVPs in the all-star game and things like that. I was winning gold medals. But I'm still in need of teammates Teammates. who are willing to make the sacrifice. We already know either, and Michael Cooper used to say this all the time, either I'm going to get us through the regular season or I'm yeah. going to get us the championship, but I can't do both. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. at some point you got to send a double and a triple. You got to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't stop me one-on-one. You can't put one mm-hmm. player on me. So at some point, every team's sending a double. Yeah, They're going to make right. sure at least it didn't beat them. Somebody else yeah. got to step up. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But you refuse to lose them back to back. It was like you playing with a chip on your shoulder. And you refused. And you know what remind me of that moment when y'all finally broke the ice and won? What's that? Was Candace Parker when they beat Minnesota. That reminded me of mm. that, that same moment when they beat him. Like you can see out there doing that series, like, man, she refused to lose. lose She's going to yeah. guard any and everybody. Minnesota is running these championships off, but they finna lose this year because yeah. she was playing Refuse to lose. And like you say, it wasn't about the stats. It was just she was doing everything, everything. possible. You have to sometimes. And that's and that reminded me of the time with, with you when you won a back-to-back. And then you won it at a time. We was out there, too, when the Lakers is winning they back-to-back. How was the high? <laughs> Y'all had to hold them. And, it, you know, we was the little brothers right. over here in the corner <laughs> not winning the damn thing. But, like, the city, it was like, for real, that was when, like, Though we came straight into the league, right in the middle of yeah. that, all of that, y'all, they, they dynasty, y'all dynasty, yeah. everything. The whole city was on fire. How was that from you, for you being an L.A. Yeah. kid and, and you part of this and, you know, the, you got the Lakers doing their thing and you know how you got a relationship with those yeah. guys and how, how was that for you in that, in that time frame? It was amazing. Outstanding. One, because the late great Dr. Bus was an amazing owner with Jeannie Buzz, with... Um, all the bus family in general, they took care of us and they took care of us in a way, you know, I don't know if it was just because we won, but we won. So now here we are. We got the Sparks. We going to Hawaii with the Lakers because the Lakers is doing a preseason in Hawaii. You know what I mean? So we're celebrating our championship. We out eating, you know, we got, yeah. <laughs> we got good money. We, you know, everything was like so amazing. And I think it's the treatment that, that I think that's really what it boils down to being a female athlete in our country we get treated like second-class citizens. And I know that we mm. all can understand what that looks like and sounds like now more in 2021 mm, exactly. than ever mm. before. But it's really the way that we were treated. And so when you get into a situation where people treat you and value you, you can appreciate it more. And we were valued. Dr. Buss really loved us. He loved the Sparks. He loved me. You know, I was one of his favorites, you know, and <laughs> he showed value in that. And I appreciated yeah. that. You know, I would never ask that man for anything or his family, you know, because that's not my style. But I appreciate you just recognizing that I work hard in this purple and gold. And I believe purple and gold, just like the rest of everybody. You know, I grew up mm-hmm. Showtime fan. You know, Byron Scott went to Morningside High School. How I got yeah. my first time in the form is because of Byron Scott. 
you know, coming yeah. back, giving back. Giving bringing, back to us. Yeah, bringing the high school boys and girls team to the farm. Otherwise, I don't get into that building. Mm. Yeah. Shout out B. Yeah. Scott. That's so that's like, that's love that I remember what it's like and why I love being a role model, why I sign so many autographs and take pictures with all of the babies and, you know, do what I do. Because mm-hmm. somebody did that for me, inner city kid, you know, with this opportunity to get in that building. And I know we all have walked in the Staples Center and we don't think anything about it. We drive through the tunnel. It's just what we do. But there is a kid in a family that don't even understand how do we get access? How do you even get in there? And I love to give to those people and those families who just looking at that building like, dang, like y'all playing there? You know what I mean? Because I remember that feeling. Staples, out of all the teams I play for and all the arenas, you know, around where you go and play, Staples has always been my favorite arena. I don't know why. Maybe because it was, you know, my first four years, but like, it didn't matter. Whatever team I was on, when I came back to Staples, I was like, man, boy, this this one is the dopest arena. Yeah. Like, I loved playing in the Staples arena. It was like, like, because it was brand yeah. new when we got there. Like you say, it was like, oh, this is cold. It's like, when, cause you know, when something new, it's going to be like one of the best Ever. in the whole league anyway. So it was like, this joint was brand new. I was like, Dang. But you know what's funny? I had, for the first time, season tickets that I've ever bought in my life were for the Clippers. Mm. I had season tickets when y'all play. I tell, listen, listen, I tell people all the time, we weren't in no way trying to be in no type, like we'd be stupid to be trying to compete with the Lakers. They literally was doing a three-peat. It wasn't no competition. We used to, anytime we got to hang with Shaq or something, it was all love, but it was like, I tell people all the time, when we was there, we had a little corn over here. Like, even some, like, we have Lakers fans. Be like, man, I like the way y'all boys yeah. play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we Lakers fans, but, like, we like the way y'all young boys playing because he was out there just yeah. wild and young and just, you know what I'm saying, crazy. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't even know. I, I had Clippers. See, we had, look, we had. Yeah, I had two, two, two tickets behind the basket <laughs> on the floor. We always had hey, Billy. You know, you know I, I, our games used to be a vibe. It wasn't the Hollywood vibe no. as the Lakers, but we had a nice and little Penny, vibe. Penny Marshall, yeah. rest in peace. Bless yeah, her bless heart. Penny, Penny Marshall used to rep yeah. us hard. She used to rock with us yeah, hard. Yeah, that's my girl. Real. God bless Penny. Penny was a real yep. one. <laughs> how was it when you were the first woman to dunk in a WNBA game? Like, how was that? I remember you said that was one of your yeah. goals. Take me through. How you had the feeling of that moment and when you got got a chance to achieve that? Yeah, you know, again, it was a, a goal of mine and we just happened to get into a situation where our team was down. So I was really mad. I was mad at my team because we were like letting this. I mean, you know, it was Miami. They was they weren't that strong of a team. You know, their record was all right. We're at home. We don't lose at home. We ended up losing that game, by the way, because, you know, I remember. So anyway, <laughs> we ended in a situation where my teammate gets a steal. So I'm running down. She gets a steal. So I turn back as she throws the ball ahead. And as you know, I'm just dribbling up and I just dunk it. But I was like mad when I went up and then I dunked it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, let's go. Like, you know, I was like, (laughs) everybody, like, let's go. The whole gym, I'm jumping around. And then, you know, my thing is just I've always tried to motivate my teammates by my actions. You know, I'm also a talker, too. So I, I motivate them by my words. But my actions is like, I'm not going to let you down. And hopefully, you know, in that moment, I'm thinking we could turn this thing around because we was getting drove. And uh, yeah, yeah, we didn't turn it around, though. <laughs> but I did dunk. Yeah, that was awesome. How was it to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same uh. year? You know what? Uh, I'm I'm really an avid goal setter. 
And what happened for me is that I started to try to figure out what else I could do with, you know, challenges for each season. Again, I told you I was training in the, what well, with the off season was in the, you know, the fall, right? So I was in the gym. I used to be in our practice facility before the Lakers came in. So Lakers practice about 8.39. Players start trickling in. I used to practice from 6.37 with Coop before the Lakers come in and I shoot and play with Derek Fisher and, you know, playing shooting games and things like that. And then I would leave. So for me, I used to go meet with my trainer, Adam Friedman. Shout out to Adam, who's uh, over there at Ghost Gyms in Venice. Bam. Um, hmm. I used to go meet with Adam. And so we would come up with like goals. Like, what do you want to do this year? I'm like, this year, you know what, Adam, I want to dunk. Man, I've been dunking since I was in high school, <laughs> but I have not dunked in the WNBA game. Let's put that on there. I want to dunk. I want to be MVP. What else have I done? Oh, there's a scoring champion thing. I didn't know you get paid for that. So I want to be the scoring champ. I also <laughs> want to uh, win defensive player of the year. Put that in my Nike contract. So my thing is I like. I was say she getting a checklist off that's the contract. It. <laughs> I'm like, what do you get paid to do? Oh, okay. There you go. So that's how uh, all that came about. And each year that I had something written down, I won it or I checked it off. You're the first and only to, to win that. Right? What? To do that in the same year. Am I? The defensive player. And it could be. You got to. We don't have to check the books. You got to be the first and only because I ain't heard nobody else. MVP, or MVP and defensive player. Are you sure you it happened the in the same year? First and the only. Yeah, it happened the same year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it happened, mm -hmm. it happened the same year in 04. 04? You, you yeah. Yep. It all you really have 17, 9, and 2. <laughs> yeah. 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 How many black shots? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? I just love 2. playing. 2.9. 2.9. Oh, 2.9. Yeah. I just love playing, man. You know, that's... I don't know. Basketball for me was really just my life. I was really married to the game. Sorry to all those uh, proposals that didn't work out because uh, <laughs> they were secondary to what <laughs> I had said, going on. Said all, he said all those, like it was a lot of them. <laughs> um, it was two. I accepted the third one, so I am married. 17 years. Beautiful family. I'll be seeing you all on the ground. Yeah. I did it for I had an opportunity to uh, draft a to me, she's a transcendent player. She's a, a different style player. And uh, her name is Candace Parker. Mm -hmm. When we asked her when she first got to the league, who bust her ass? And she said, when I got to practice, Milton and Lisa Leslie used to kill me <laughs> every practice. Do you remember when uh, a young Candace Parker yes. came through the door and with all the skills and, and different moves, and y'all had that veteran IQ, and y'all had to get out of How was that when seeing a young Candace Parker <laughs> come through the door? It was so good, and it was tough for her. But Candace, I call so Candace Coop gave Candace nickname is Silk. So I'm smooth. She's Silk. And uh, <laughs> <Okay>. smooth. Silky <laughs> smooth. Yeah, and we hit it off great. Most people thought we were not going to get along and all this drama and stuff. Yeah. Listen, I'm cool. We, you on my team, we got on the same uniform. Let's roll. You know what I mean? And she came in, and it was so cute because Candace is amazing. Like, Candace, Love the biggest Candace. thing, the difference is that our work ethic, right? Like, I'm a worker. I have to work hard to do what I do. Candace has a more effortless game. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of talent, but she doesn't work as hard. And that's what her biggest challenge, I think, been for her whole career. When she turns it on, when she decides, Candace will come in and her freaking reach over me and get a rebound. And I'm like, what the heck? 
Same team, yeah. right? <laughs> but then she let five other rebounds go that were like, get it, like move to the ball, you know? And I used to get on her privately about her ability. Like she has amazing ability, but that work ethic is something she's really going to have to tap into. And in order for her to be a champion again at this level, you got to work harder. People will outwork you. And so it was cute. She was amazing because... She used to, uh, we stayed in the same building. I used to make her breakfast because she wouldn't eat right. I'm like, Candace, I got some oatmeal <laughs> here for you. Come eat some oatmeal and some fruit, heading out to practice. So, you know, I, I took her under that my wing. That was a good OG. She was being a good Yeah, because she was, she was not having it. Then we in the weight room. She got the little bitty, little bitty weights. I said, Candace, you got to pick up some weights, sweetheart. You, you're not going to make it. These girls are going to beat you. They're not, you're not going to make it. Yes, you're more skilled. But you gotta be strong, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that's a young uh, candy. She was out there, she she had she was out there mixing. Right. Right. She's like, I ain't trying to get that, I ain't trying to do all this nothing. Lip. Look, I'm nice out here. Nothing. Smooth <laughs> as hell. She was silky. <laughs> silky. But she has so much, so much talent. And she knows I, I love her. And I just told her, listen, and whatever I can give you, however I can help you, I will do that, you know, until the end. And uh, that's pretty much what, what we did. I exchanged and gave her whatever I could. She was very receptive. And the funny, the funny story I have about Candace is when somebody else tell her what to do, and it'd be like a veteran, right? Somebody been there, you know, they on 10, 12 years, and they're like, Candace, Candace, you need to box out of you to do something. She do this look. <laughs> <laughs> she like, smooth, what is her name? I'm like, first off, that's our teammate. Second of all, she's been in the league for 12 years, and I'm like, Candace, you gotta listen to everybody. You can learn from everybody. She's like, oh, she don't even play. She don't even get in the game. What's she talking to me for? <laughs> I say, sweetheart, it don't work like that. To see, a, to, to see a young Candace walk through that door and be on the sports team, <laughs> to see her now oh, at the man. point of her career, winning a, a WNBA championship for the Sparks, being on TNT, showing her personality yes. and seeing her growth, her becoming a mother and all these good things. I'm proud of you, of her, seeing a, a young Candace coming in and seeing her where she is now. I'm very proud of her and she knows it because I, I send her little texts and we'll talk or we send stuff through IG or, you know, how you do. You think <laughs> you feel like you've been talking all the time, but we do. We talk enough to keep in touch with what's going on with our children, what's going on with each other, and that I'm proud of her. You know, she left the Sparks and she's in Chicago, so you know, I have to be like, hold up, sis, wait, what, what happened? Shatown, you see it, Shatown. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I love I got me a Candace Parker Chicago you jersey do? on the oh. way, yes. Hey, yes. it's always going to be love because the way that we came together was just, you know, it was amazing for us to be able to get her. Actually, we got Candace through the draft because I was pregnant. So that turned out to be like, oh, Lord, because, you know, you, you when you as a female baller and, and stopping basketball for pregnancy is like that is just terrible. It's a terrible feeling for the franchise, you know, as the franchise player. And so for us to be really blessed enough to get Candace in that moment. I'm like, see, see, it all worked out. Uh, <laughs> so I was super happy when we got her and I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be it right here. Um, you know, I hand the torch off to her and uh, you know, the rest is history. She's done a phenomenal job. You know, she follows in my footsteps. You can see TNT, she took my job. She got that job. Uh, she does ABC or no, she does uh, CBS sports uh, college basketball. 
-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm really proud of her. I'm proud of her as a mom. She does an amazing job with Layla. And, you know, I remember she, she just always wanted to be a mom. She used to hold my daughter all the time and now she has one. So. Was that the, the hardest thing ever for you to have a child and then come back and play basketball? How hard is that? I can't even fathom. Dude, trust me. You, you wouldn't have made it back. That's you lose saying. your abs and then you can't get the ass back. Like, no. Because I'm just thinking about, you know, I watch my wife. She's, she's, we, got, we got kids and I watch, like, how do you do that? It's then, terrible. Bounce back to be able to yeah. hold that It's quick. terrible. I ain't going to lie to you. It's terrible. It's very hard. Um, but, you know, the thing about our bodies is that we're such machines in terms of, you know, it's just like going to the backyard. I can, I'm going to outshoot anybody who walked out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always going to be able to shoot. I ain't going to be able to go up and down. And, you know, I can't dunk anymore. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I still got some hops a little bit in there, though. But, you know what I mean? Like, you, you lose something. And I lost something. And I remember feeling it, even though I worked hard as I could. I did all my ab workouts. I was okay after my first child, actually. After I had Lauren, my daughter, um, I came back and I played two seasons. And I played, I won another gold medal. I was okay. The second one is what my son just wrecked havoc. That was probably <laughs> the hardest. I think the younger you are, the easier it is to have a child and snap back. But the older you get, so I was, what, 34, 35, somewhere, that was just harder. It was tough. I knew it was time for me to retire. I was actually pregnant in 2009 when I was playing. Um, that I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> so it was just hard. It's just difficult to have your body and your abs, all that all stretched out. You know, everything we move through really is from our abs, like our trainer tells us. But right. I remember the moment when I was like, the ball came off the rim and I saw it and I was like, get it. <laughs> and I didn't move. And I was like, <laughs> like, you know, you know how you like box out and go rebound. Like it all is one motion. You don't even think about it. It just happens. And I remember when I got back and I was like, I had to do one or the other. I couldn't do both. I couldn't like just instinctively get to the ball and box out. And that's when I knew it's time for me to retire. Can I ask you, shouldn't it be for college and uh, women's sports, just all over sports, not just for one sport, shouldn't it be something that's in a contract or in, in sports for women so they don't have to feel like they, I can't tell you that I'm pregnant with a baby. Like it should be like some type of, I want to say compensation because compensation is not the right word. No, there it's is compensation actually that you're right. Because now in the WBA, it is in the contract that um, you can take your, the word is not escaping my head, but for yeah. you can still get half of your contract you know what I mean? And have your yeah. pregnancy, you can still be compensated. Um, when I played, it's just like, yeah. No. That's what I was going to ask. Like, how was that for you when you got pregnant with your first child and you was like in the middle, like, how were you in that moment when you found out, like, you the franchise? Yeah, so what I was, was going through your head? And like, how did you build up to like, go tell them like, this is what's going on? Yeah, it, it's tough. I was so nervous and I was really sick. You know, I wasn't sick from my <laughs> child, but I was just sick, like, Damn, like, I mean, because I play ball, you know what I mean? Like, I gave it my all, right. and I love L.A., and I felt like I'm not just letting down my franchise, I'm letting down the city. Like, you know, we won two championships. I, I, in fact, I was the MVP. 2006, I think I won MVP. I had my daughter. I was pregnant in 2007, so I missed the 2007 yep. season. So 
I'm not only just out, I'm leaving as the top player in the WNBA too. So, I mean, I was really like at the top of my game. I played in Russia. Like I was, I was nice. Sidebar, I love that you got to look behind you and check which trophies is which to see which damn year it is. That's a, that's just a sidebar. Most people ain't got them problems. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say right there. Oh, man. So, wait, you said you were pregnant in 09? Yeah. You played in the All-Star game that yeah. year, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah That's why work. I say all the time, well, women, y'all, like, I I knew when I first saw my wife get, bro, I was like, man, women are super, super yeah, heroes. Like, that's, yeah. well, like, shoot. It's crazy. It really is. You don't really know until you're in a situation, but the childbearing thing and sports <laughs> and just, you know, it's that mental toughness, though. I think that's the thing that drives us for the moms that return. You know, I think about... um Allison Felix or Serena Williams, you know, where you just, it, it's what we've done so much of our, like more of our whole life. We've been playing our sport and at the top of your sport, it's really hard to stop and think like you're done because you're pregnant. It's like, oh yeah, no, other women have gone through this. I'm not the first mom, like, let's figure this out. We're going to have this baby. And I mean, nursing, I mean, I was nursing in the locker room. You, you know, you got, it's just crazy. It really is the thing that we go through so much and our bodies went through so much, but the love for the game, man, you just gotta figure, find a way, get back out there. We just, uh, we just got the opportunity to see, uh, Duncan, KG and Kobe go to the hall of fame. How was your hall of fame? experience when you got the call when you uh went up there and experienced it how was hey, it for Joel. you man well first off i was there so it was great to see um kobe um going to the hall of fame as well as kg oh that was outstanding um tim duncan all, all those men and women Tamika catchings. Catchings. Uh, who else was in there there was uh the coach kim mulkey catch yeah. was amazing so anyway it was so great i'm so happy to be a part of that whole family of Hall of Famers. And to be really honest, I I never even knew anything about the Hall of Fame. It was never anything on my radar at all. Uh, When I retired, they were like, you know, it takes five years and five years you get to be inducted. And I'm like, dude, I'm good on all the awards. I didn't really get it. Um, (laughs) Until you really like go there and you see, you're like, dang, like this is, it was major. And um, I was really thankful, you know, probably the hardest thing is what are you wearing? But, uh, <laughs> you know, my speech was cool. You know, I, I just said a speech that I think it was titled. I didn't get here. I didn't get here by myself because, uh, you know, I didn't get here alone. It was just so many people. My mom, my sister. Gosh, you know, my husband, just the whole process, all my teammates. I've had some amazing teammates. I've had some amazing coaches. And so to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, I know it's an individual award, but it really is. You can't get there without all the amazing people who support you. So I really give homage to everybody, coaches and all. All the Hall of Famers that we asked, they said uh, when they when they get in, they really realize it's kind of hit them. It's like you they rewind from the first time they grabbed the ball from all the coaches, teammates, all the way back to this point. Was that like kind of the experience for you? Like you just kind of just go back to man, the, the early days all the way to – now the ups and downs yes i think the biggest thing i think about is uh my home girl shay shay is her name because we played ball i went to whaley junior high in compton and um 
my first time going, actually, I wasn't even a baller. So listen, I played double dutch every day and I was in drill team. So I was like shaking, <laughs> you know, dancing in the streets and jumping double dutch till <laughs> seventh grade. So seventh grade, I go and I'm like six foot. This is ridiculous because my daughter is six one and she's 13. I was six foot at 12. So I go into, you know, middle Ooh. school. Yeah, I was up there always. I go into middle school and they're like, Shay, Shay, you know, everybody calling Shay. And I'm like, Dang, who's Shay? Like, what's, why everybody know her? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's Shay. Shay on the basketball team. I'm like, oh, okay. That moment for me, I don't know if God was just like, pay attention yeah. or what. But I'm like, damn, I want to be like Shay. Like, everybody knows yeah, Shay's I name. Yeah, I be like Shay. That's <laughs> how it was with basketball for yeah. me when I was seeing the guys that was the men. I was like, man, I want to be, I want to be that person. Right. That, <laughs> and I'm telling you, between that and me saying, I want to be the go-to person. Like, I want people to throw me the ball when they need a basket. I, I don't yeah. know how that seed gets planted, but it's just, it was Shay for me. So Shay, I thought yeah. about just like, dang. And Shay was such a nice girl. Like, she was, she was a baller. Like, she was, she yeah. was built. But she was kind of played like, a, oh, who do you think about? She was kind of like a person who you think, kind of like a, a strong Carmelo Anthony, like like in a way oh, where she, she moves, but she got buckets from everywhere. Yeah, like, she, got she, can she can block somebody's <laughs> shot. She can rebound. You know, she was just like, yeah. like <laughs> damn, that girl, she is amazing. But just seeing her was like, I want to be like Shay. I want people to know my name. I want people to be like, who is that girl? <laughs> this life is funny like that, man. Tell me this. I see... One of the trophies back there is, the, is the, I'm imagining that's the big three coach of the year trophy. Like, tell me how was that experience? Because I, as you know, we played against Shock. I, I played in the league and Coach Lieberman, Nancy, who I love to death, was my coach. And, and you know, she was the first one to do what you yeah. did, coaching men and winning. And, um, you know, we love Coach Lieberman. And um, I was I was extremely proud to be a part of that team. And she coached and to help her be the, you know, win a championship yeah. and all of that. How was your experience coaching Joe and all of those guys? I already know kind of what you're going to say, but I what just you like think to I'm gonna say? It was great. It was great. The experience was great. Yeah, but you know, again, I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot um, because I had never really been a coach, right? I mean, like, I'm just trying to think. I hadn't really coached before. Maybe, maybe a little bit, a few times here and there, but nothing like this, right? But I realized a few things. As a coach, you have to be a good listener. You know, you can't come in like you're a dictator, but you also have to be competent, which is very important. I'm a student of the game. I love the game. I understand the game. I see the game. I see things before it happens, you know, the same way any other hooper does. Uh, so for me, it was like, what can I do to help my team win? And it's really just about bringing that edge, right? The edge of, Every player that we're about to face, I'm going to watch and scout and figure out what they like to do and giving my players that edge. And then the other thing was about our plays and our execution of what we're doing. And so it was a lot of fun. Um, I loved every minute of it. I think I challenged, you know, my guys to really step up and to be available, be ready and be ready for change. And I challenged them. And I think I challenged them in a way where they were kind of like, you know, filling me out a little bit at first. But leadership was important, and I think I earned their respect. Um, Joe, obviously, as the leader, the captain, the GM of the team, I had gym rats, which was great. My guys love being in the gym. And, you know, like I told them, if don't, don't have, do it. If you're not going to do it right, let's not do it at all. Don't put my name on it. 
because <laughs> if I could play, I would play. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's just how passionate I am about it. And I'm going to approach it the way that I would as a player. I'm going to give you my all. So my all is, you know, how I coach my scouting, my, you know, just that little edge that you need to be better and, you know, calling the plays. And so I think the biggest place that we had um, some friction one was losing when we lost to your team. <laughs> I didn't know because that was our first loss and our only loss. But when we lost, I didn't realize as a coach, like losing feels like you played. You know what I mean? Like I was pissed the whole week. My family was like, I was like, this is some bulls. Like I'm I'm hot. Like I lost the championship, you know? <laughs> and I didn't know that. So, um, and I didn't like that, but it was cool. I mean, yeah, I was a, a low key, a little disrespectful, and you know, in the wind. So that was enough fuel. I was, I wasn't happy about that, you know. <laughs> you know, just keep it one hundred. Though, now I was like, okay, they, you know, they didn't even hit our hands. They was just like, get they out of here. You know, yeah. No, they like they. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was real, real, real rude. So I'm like, okay, we need to see that team again. That's for sure. But at the same time, I, I loved it. I loved the fans. I loved the the process. I loved all the competition. I loved the games. Man, I was in. I was so into it. That's how I became a coach. Actually, I sat next to Cube and came to watch you guys like the year before. Y'all came to Miami and I was just there. Yeah. And I was over there like coaching and like, man, pick and roll, move, cut to the basket. And Cube was like, right. Cube was looking at me as like, no, because they're not executing right. Like, that's not how you even do that, you know? So I was just talking noise because I'm like, the fact that we get to have jobs and talk about basketball and get paid is ridiculous because exactly. mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to be doing anyway. So it was <laughs> kind of like, it was sweet. It was a poetic for us to win the championship again, Nancy, um, who I love, you know, happy that she was able to do it. I was happy. I was able to be the first black woman, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, let's go. We, you, you coming back? No, I am not. You know, no, I am not. No, I am. Uh, back just like you just, hey, listen, just like you just said, you had your moment yeah. where you tried to go for a rebound. <laughs> I swear, I had a moment the last season we played. I forget who we was playing. It might have been in the championship game. No, we, we didn't play a championship that year. But the one of them last yeah. games, I was like, I tried to, you know, like you said, I'm, I am I always been a rebounder. Yeah. I'm always being able to hit you, then yeah. go. And I hit somebody and I just, <laughs> I ain't go nowhere. I'm telling you. I was like, uh-uh. I like, yeah. Okay. Father time right, waits for on. no man, right? Hey, listen. <laughs> no man. How fun was the set of Uncle Drew? It looked like uh-huh. y'all had fun. Y'all did a great job. You, Chris Weber, Shaq, Nate Rock, Kyrie. Reggie. Yeah. Like that's oh, just a, a fun comedy. movie to watch. I love that movie. Like, how was that to be on that set with, with them guys and man, y'all create that that basketball story for the for kids and everybody, all the basketball fans. Yeah. And now you Nate big sister, whether you man, want to right. be or not. <laughs> I actually loved it. I, I really did. Um the guys again, you know, I, I'm always around men and I like the fact that I'm able to just hang and I don't, again, I, I appreciate you brothers and just you guys having your camaraderie. And when you get a chance as me as the woman that gets to be included, you know, I just chill. I just listen and let them talk and say, you know, do what they do. You know, we played ball quite a bit, you know, and, and each one of them would tell you Betty Lou was no joke. You know, she was, she was balling. <laughs> hit more baskets than everybody, threes included, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it was Kyrie's movie. So I just, Betty you Lou. know, I just took a back seat. 
But uh, no, it was we had such a great time. It was a lot of fun. Everything that you laughed at, we laughed at, but 10 times right. more just because we had to do it so many times and different camera angles. And I'm so happy that so many people really like the movie. Like, you know, if it's one thing to be a part yeah. of something and you see the finished product, yeah. you're like, okay. You know, it was yeah. really, it was really good. Very well done. So shout out to our producer also, because um, we had so many great people um, on that set. Tiffany Haddish came in, dropped in some some funny stuff. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was so great. We had so many good actors there, too. What about... Uh... Like think like a man, cause you know we don't got too many all black casts and all black movies, and you know that was a, a, a nice big movie for us black people to go and yeah. see. So how was it uh, working on Think Like a Man? Getting that sag, yeah, yeah, getting, getting that working. You know, I you know I got to keep five checks coming every day. So yeah, no, that was dope too because you know Kevin Hart is just yeah. he's phenomenal and so yeah. fun to work mm-hmm. with. And then there was some ballers there too. I think we was at um, Meta World Peace was there, yeah. and yeah. Uh, what's my Barnes? Matt Barnes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, that whole group is yeah. a lot of fun. And we played ball again. And Kevin Hart actually can play ball. So we're contrary to what anybody believes. He can hit threes and everything. Like, he's a he can play some hoops. So um, it was a lot of fun playing uh, against those guys and just having an opportunity to uh, have some lines, you know, slap Kevin on the butt. I, I really yeah. love Kevin Hart and respect him a lot. He's such a great, um, not only great actor, but a great dad and just a family man. So um, I, I enjoyed working with him, too. Start, bench, cut. Rut room. You got to start one. You got to bench one. You got to cut one. Yolanda Griffith, uh-huh. Lauren Jackson, uh-huh. Tina Thompson. Who are you going to start? I got to start one. I got to bench one. And I got to cut one. Yeah. Dang, that was cold. That's cold. That's a cold I told you lineup. about trying to get you in trouble. That's a cold lineup. Well, you got to start one, bench one, and trade one. All right. Well, you I'm going to go ahead them. and you know, I'm going to start Lauren Jackson. And I'm going to keep Tina Thompson with me. And then I'm going to go ahead and trade Yolanda. And only because Lauren Jackson is no joke. She, she ain't no joke. I mean, I know that's one of my nemesis, but she was no joke. Yeah. She was enjoying it. And I, you know, I respect her game and, you know, all that she did other than cussing me out. But I, I, respect, I respect what she brought to the game every time we stepped on the court. Tina, obviously, that's that's tough for me to... I probably should just start Tina and bench Lauren, but then that would look like I'm hating on Lauren. So that's a lose-lose situation, really. <laughs> um, but Tina got to stay with me, so. Yolanda Griffin, Shottown, you feel? Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. And yo, yo, yo was no joke, but Yolanda can't come with I'm the firepower or, of Lauren or Tina when it comes to getting yeah. buckets. And, you know, you win the game by how many baskets you get. So I'm trying to win. So. <laughs> hey, hey this, this is a question I like to ask, though. You know, you've been privileged, just like you say, you hustled and you made a lot of bread. Like, you got that money, you know, you coming from Compton and Inglewood, didn't have much. Like, you got that bag bag. I don't, I ain't talking about taking care of mama or something like that. What What did Lisa Leslie do for herself to treat herself one time? Something you might look back on like, oh, I was tripping when I was younger, but it felt good. You know, I've, I was, I've always been a good manager of money. So the first two things I got, I bought a house in Ladera Heights which that was a big deal for me. You know, that area was something, an area that you always saw driving by. And it's like, dang, what do those people do to live up there? You know, 
So right. um, that was a big deal for me to to buy my house in uh, Ladera Heights. And then the second thing I got now, again, I'm six five. I don't fit in most cars. So all my life, I've been in cars that I really don't fit in. So I bought that. Uh, what was that? The five hundred S Mercedes big body. Big body. Big body Benz. Oh, big body Benz. <laughs> all white. Ooh, okay. See, plate. I see. I see. There it is. See, now she on my vibe. All there white, everything go. on the car. All white. We're smooth on the license plate. Yeah. Smooth. <laughs> Pulling into the staples and they're like, uh-uh. Right down the road. Uh, you know what I was playing? I had to be playing something by Tupac. Just letting you know. <laughs> Live and die in LA. Right. You never know how somebody means something to you until they, they kind of gone. You know, uh, Never knew how much Kobe meant to me and just his presence until he's gone. I still feel it to this day. Just explain your relationship with Kobe and what he meant to you. Yeah, Kobe was like a little brother in some ways because his sisters, he has two older sisters. And so uh, his middle yeah. sister, uh, Shay, and I hung out all the time. Shay. So, yeah. uh, and y'all probably remember us in LA. Shay and I was out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we just yeah. seen Shay in Vegas yeah. a year ago. So, yeah. Shay's my girl. Um, and I think just being at the house, you know, when they first moved to LA, hanging out with Shaya, hanging out with Kobe, being at the house for dinner, spending the night, just basic things that clearly, you know, I took for granted back then. Um, but it was just a beautiful family. They had a beautiful family. Um, I love Jelly Bean, Joe Bryan. I loved Miss um, Pam and just being around their family. Uh, they had a beautiful family, a great connection. And so, you know, me being very family oriented with my mom, my sister, um, it was just a perfect fit. I remember when I first day I left their house and I went home and I was like, mom, their family's like our family. Like their mom is really <laughs> nice and she's really pretty and, you know, their sisters are nice. Um, so it was just, you know, it just a, a great fit. And so then the basketball side of it was just, you know, Kobe and I obviously both played, you know, he'd be like, Lise, come here. You know, he'd watching video and always, always watching mm-hmm. video, watching basketball. And me again, a student at a game, I'm in the room watching video with Kobe, you know, just, you know, you right. don't think anything of it. We watching Jordan, everything. Uh, Shay mm-hmm. is like, Lise, come on. I leave, go with Shay. We go to the mall, come back. Kobe, Lee's, come here. I go back in the room. You know, it's just like that was kind of the thing. It was just, you know, Kobe was a connection with basketball. Shea was like, you know, we did girl stuff. And um, I always think of that as just like sort of part A. And then, you know, the, the second part was just Jelly Bean became my coach. He coached the Sparks. So that was mm-hmm. another great relationship, having Joe in my life and just him teaching me how to pass you know he was a great passer Mm -hmm. bounce passer you know doing all these drills he used to do with Kobe when he was little I got a chance to to do in the gym you know the Muhammad Ali drills and you know all this footwork drills so um you know that's another moment that I always cherish just being with his dad so much and having that time and then you know you have Kobe and Vanessa and that was another just a beautiful relationship you know I mean They've just had an amazing relationship with the girls. And, you know, we would always then talk about our children and just, you know, you always want your kids. You know, I'm sure you guys talk about who got the it factor. Like, dude, you know, watch out for that boy now, you know, not my son. But then my daughter, who she fierce, you know. So we would exchange stories about our, our kids and just who's fierce and, you know, which one is mean. And I don't know. It's just it, it is one of those things where you never know 
how important those moments are until, you know, you don't get them. And just being devastated by the loss of him makes those moments even more like on reels, you know, just repeating in your head about the times that you had, because you spend so many times together and then it really, you're like, it's only so little, you know, because he's gone so early. I mean, when we got to LA and, you know, we seeing all these things from the palm trees to Magic Johnson to Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal and the Hollywood sign. And I just remember uh, me and Q, we was in the Garden of Eden, I think it was. And uh, we didn't pose to be in the Garden of Eden if you're checking IDs that day. But uh, I just remember seeing you, you come in walking the VIP and I remember tapping Q saying, man, that's Lisa Leslie right there. <laughs> And you came in and you just showed us so much love. But I just definitely just want to thank you again yeah. for, for coming to rock with us. Yeah, and you know, it's definitely been a pleasure. I always, I've always been a um, a person who I, I just love people. I love the fact that you guys. I know you're new to LA. You know what I mean? It's like those yeah. of us who grew up there, we're not in awe of things that happen in LA because it's all our yeah. lives. We're around. We really are around celebrities. Even if you don't know them, you're around them. You see them at restaurants. You see them yeah. at the movies, and so. I just think when you see guys come in, you know, that's not from here, you know, it's just like, hey, what's up? You know, congrats, y'all made it. You made it to the league. Like, I'm proud of you. You know, if there's anything I can do, you know, what's up? VIP, step over the rope. Come on in. You know what I mean? I just feel like it should be that way. We should always show each other love. And then, especially, you know, for Black people, sometimes we just don't understand how important it is for us to have that open hand and empowering one another and and some some of yeah. us some of us get a little bit high on our horse about it you know what i'm saying yeah. but that's yeah. never really been my style i'm just i'm not saying that i'm cool but i just think i'm cool about it, so many different things i'm just laid back you know what i mean it's like it ain't that serious if this room step over we popping bottles if there's another if there's some extra you know what i'm saying like get get a glass yeah. like what, it, what does that hurt us to be that way with each other? So I'm glad you guys have those memories because I, I remember you guys being like, you know, guys like, yeah, this dude's is cool. Come on in, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Join in. All right, that's a wrap, man. This has been Two Love. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We had greatness in our presence tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Q. Thank you, Darius. I appreciate you guys. Much love to you. Congratulations on the success of your podcast, which I do love. Thank you. Yeah, keep it going. Yes, yes, thank you. Till next time. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com.